Jake and Jonathan. Jake and Jonathan. Jake and Jonathan. Hey, look out. Get out of the way. Jake and Jonathan is coming in. Hey. 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 Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Welcome to Jake and Jonathan. The podcast, the podcast. that never gives up. That's the slogan. The podcast that never, that never quits, quits, even though it for accepts, sure. Yeah, eventually, eventually we'll quit. So, hey, everybody. Welcome to Jake and Jonathan, <laughs> a podcast where two relatively successful product design people. Oh, what's that noise? What the fuck is that? Can you hear that? Oh, oh. what? Yeah, it's like a Mario noise. It's coming from... Somewhere in this room. Wait a second. <laughs> what the? Oh. What is it? Uh, Jonathan <laughs> just left his chair. We're on like a Skype call. I think it and was. he's just gone. Someone's playing Good a Nintendo Switch somewhere, but in the office. And the audio is coming out of the Bluetooth speaker <laughs> in this room. So, sorry about that. So, what I was trying to say is two designers who've uh, had long design careers just chatting. Chatting, just chewing the fat, chewing the chewing the chub, you know. (laughs) Shouldn't say that. Before we start, before we start this episode, (laughs) we have got a little announcement. If you're listening to this episode in the week of, let me just tell you, if you're listening to this episode in the week of the 25th of November, this week is the week that has Black Friday in it. Okay. And Black Friday, oh, that's right. yeah, Black Friday is traditionally the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah, I did. The, oh, I didn't know that. Week. I actually didn't know that part. You guys don't have anything Thanksgiving related. No. We have it here in the United States, and I learned recently they have it in Canada too. Oh, earlier they preempt us. Anyway, I don't that's care, what Jake. Black Friday is all I want to talk. <laughs> I thought you might want a historical no, no. talk about Black Friday. Okay, go ahead. Okay, go thank, ahead. do your thing. Thank you. Thing. Okay, so if you're listening to this in Thanksgiving week, it's also the week which has Black Friday. Listen, here at Jake and Jonathan, we say. Puh! To convention. Yeah. And so instead of Black Friday, we're going to be celebrating Workshopper Wednesday. Okay? Mm. And also Black Friday. (laughs) And also Black Friday. (laughs) No, but here's the thing. If you're listening to this podcast in the week of the 25th of November, and if you have not yet purchased the Masterclass or any of the little upsells that come with the Masterclass. So the Masterclass is the Design Sprint online course, which features me and Jake Knapp. It's the best online course on the planet to learn design sprints. If you don't have it well yet because you were like, you know what? It's too expensive. Because it is. It's a pricey course. It's not a cheap course. It's, it is too expensive. It's so expensive. Ugh, but Not too expensive. You shouldn't say too expensive. You should say... Oh, it's not you too know, expensive. Expensive. Yeah, exactly. It's, Premium. It's just right. It's just the right yeah. price. <laughs> but if you were waiting around... You know, obviously the people who bought it earlier got the advantage of having it earlier and they're out on the market soon. So the people... If you bought it well, at full price, don't worry. Fabulously wealthy. Billionaires. And successful. So if you bought famous. it early at full price, don't yeah. feel bad about this because you had a head start. That's the point of buying stuff early. Now, if you didn't, if you're still holding on and you're like, I don't want to pay the 1,497 euro or $1,600 for the masterclass, I want to pay less, then all you got to do right now is go to ajsmart.com forward slash workshopper Wednesday. That's it. That's a long URL. I it's know. long. You just click the so, link in the show notes. So ajsmart.com. HTTPS. ajsmart.com forward slash workshopper wednesday ajsmart.com forward slash workshopper workshopper wednesday Workshopper. how do you spell workshopper with one p or two p's with two p's two p's workshopper w-o-r-k-s-h-o-p-p-e-r wednesday you know how to spell wednesday although that's a weird one that's a tough one and but we're just there's going to be a countdown (laughs) there's going to be a countdown if you go there before wednesday the 27th and if you get your email address in there before wednesday the 27th you're going to get access to some absolutely ludicrous disgusting deals okay oh, that's it oh, that's it workshopper wednesday 27 27 of november workshopper wednesday this is the best way to give money do you think that the deal would be more successful if it was ajsmart.com slash ww <laughs> i don't know <laughs> <laughs> maybe it should be actually no no, no i already you said put a redirect there you could put a redirect there's a yeah exactly <laughs> just try something you'll get there okay ajsmart.com forward slash workshopper wednesday workshopper blah, blah, blah. hey everybody i'm recording this at the end of the podcast actually we have an easier url it's ajsmart.com forward slash ww that's it okay back to the podcast i feel like <laughs> <laughs> i have to say 
you and I have been Moni Michaels for the last mm, year. Total Listen, we've Moni been Michaels. moaning nonstop for a year. Yeah. We need to get and on the, the positive train. People love it. Yeah. We need to get on the positive train. We need to get our energy back. I feel like I definitely, I've been moaning nonstop for about four months and it's been a really tricky year. But what I've also realized is that sometimes you just need to stop moaning and just plop in some, you know, like going to the gym makes you feel better. I want this podcast for me to be a place where I just have to force my energy levels up, yeah. be in a good mood. And, you know, then after I actually do feel in a better mood. So I actually am in a good mood today, <laughs> but I, I just feel like this has been a, a tough year for both you and I. And it's turned us into Moni Michaels. It has. It has. You know who else it's been a tough year for is Gandalf. I have a Gandalf hey! update. Yeah, Gandalf update. So whoop, 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 I finished reading The Hobbit out loud to my younger son, Flynn, and we started on The Fellowship of the Ring. And I'll just catch how, you up. How loud, how loud do how you loud? read it? How loud? Because it's weird to say that you read it out loud. Like it's well, weird to talk you... about the level of noise. <laughs> well, I mean, if I say, I guess I could say I read it to him. I guess that's Yeah, but because then I know there's noise involved. It doesn't okay, have to be all right, loud. All right. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Okay, I read it to him. One day Gandalf was walking <laughs> down the street. There's no streets. I there don't are, know. There's only roads. Okay. The roads go on and on, and whither go they? Okay. You know the little poems in, I'm in. in The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings? Why are there so I many skip poems them. and songs? I yeah. skipped the Fuck those poems. I thought at first there were going to be clues in the poems and the songs, but you could be fine without reading any of them. Anyway, the point is yeah. that at the end of The Hobbit, I can tell you now everything Gandalf does in the whole Hobbit book. Yeah. And at the end, there's Summarize. the battle of five armies. Do you remember? Yes. The dwarves are there. The elves are there. The, there are men there. So regular humans, apparently. Orcs are there. But anyway, it doesn't matter. But the point is- Hamsters. That Gandalf, you'd think, now we're getting- Now, look out, everybody. There's all these bad guys. He's going to do it. Gonna, he's going to mess people up. Woo! Yeah. Come on. So all that happens is Bilbo- sees Gandalf during the battle, kind of on the sidelines, and then Bilbo gets knocked unconscious, and then when he oh. wakes up, Gandalf has hurt his arm. Oh. That's it. He survived, but he Gandalf hurt his arm. Gandalf has hurt his arm. And he retells. Bilbo catches up. He learns. He hears about everything that happened while he was knocked unconscious. It's kind of actually a weird ending to the book because it's like the most climactic scene, and Bilbo just gets knocked unconscious. And because he's knocked unconscious, and he's our, you know, like our focal point, we don't really know what happens in the biggest part of the whole book. But so afterwards, he kind of gets the the gist from talking to people. And Gandalf, there's no mention of Gandalf doing anything in the battle, mm. except for he has his arm in a sling afterwards. Yeah. So so here's what happened. Let's, let's work our way back. So, <laughs> yeah. so all of the armies are, are lining up. in the gaps. <laughs> Gandalf runs full force at an orc, punches it in the face, and, and everyone's <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, get him out of there really quickly. So like he breaks his wrist immediately. It's hyper aggressive, like no, like not trying to keep and no like safety or anything. And they just take him out of the battle. <laughs> Done. And he goes off Done. smoking, making ships yeah, fit, shapes with his smoky face. Blow, blown smoke yeah, rings. Blown smoke <laughs> rings again. But I did actually hear I heard like a, a thing recently. Do you know the theory of the guide versus the what is it the t oh, fuck what is it there's like a, a theory around sales where you're either acting as a guide or you're acting as a consultant or something i can't remember anyway gan oh no it's either hero or a guide that's it okay when you're in a book you're there's like characters that are heroes there's characters that are guides and guides never act or do anything for the hero all they do is act as like a reflection for the hero to kind of act themselves. So maybe that's uh, what Gandalf is. I guess that's. I guess it is sort of that. He also he's gone for a long time during the Hobbit, and it turns out later that what he was doing was he was sort of spying on things. But his spying sucked because the orcs catch him off guard. Yeah, and he didn't know about it. And then the other thing is he went to go to the council. Like there's like the council of white wizards, but he's still a gray wizard. So he's kind of like yeah. I guess he's sort of like an intern there. <laughs> and they they kick the necromancer out of his castle uh, or its castle. I don't want to presume the pronoun of the necromancer. Why is there a necromancer in there? Why did they leave a necromancer in there in the first it's place? It's not so know? clear. I think later it turns out the necromancer was Sauron. I don't know. But anyway, but Gandalf doesn't really actually, from what you can tell, participate because he's sort of a, 
an intern. So it's weird. You're right. I think he's probably just he's a guide. He's like a he's a guide. His, his role is not to mess people up. But you but he comes so close so many times. He's like there. It just seems rude. Yeah, he could and almost reckless that he's not if he is so powerful that he's not doing anything. And it makes it does make you skeptical that he actually can do anything. Yeah, so but you got to we'll learn see. for yourself. You know, we'll see in the Fellowship of the Ring. So far, all he's done in the Fellowship of the Ring was pretty cool fireworks. Yeah. It would be like you going in to run a design sprint and you don't hand in a concept. Yeah, that's right. That's, yeah. How was your design sprint last week? The one for the big company? Yeah, it was good. It was it was a challenging one. There were a lot of man, a lot of people in in the sprint. Uh, good team. A lot of like I'll just say big companies are so complicated, man. Yeah. There's so many things to think about. I was kind of reflecting back on it later and thinking about how how many bosses you have when you when you work at a company? You know, you have so many yeah. bosses. Literally, your boss and like your boss's boss. But then there are also like stakeholders, people, stakeholders invisible yeah. stakeholders. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's tough, and it's just a funny thing when you you know when you work on your own that you kind of can forget about all of the thought that goes into like, oh well, what's so and so going to say? Even when yeah. so and so is like yeah. involved in the sprint, which just obviously helps a lot, but. Whew, man, it was it was good though. I mean, I think we I think we learned stuff in the end, right? And that's the point. Yeah. So it seemed good, but I was like, oh man, I bet they hated it. You know, that was mm. kind of the way I felt as we were going through because it was a tough. I'll say we did four days, and I do wish we had done five. Okay. As, okay. as we were got got into it because with what with just it you slow. running just it, me. that's yeah. crazy. I don't. Yeah. I could. I would never do that as a Jane Smart. It would be too stressful. It was a. Li- it was a wee bit stressful. It, it landed like the, definitely the whole thing landed. But I was thinking afterwards, I was like, man, I bet they hated it. But then at the end. We we were kind of like talking about next steps and they said, oh, yeah, we should be doing, we need to be Seven doing more sprints, sprints all the time. Yeah. So I guess, uh, you know, I guess it's all right. We'll see. Well, if you don't want to do them, uh, call um, <clears throat> call me up. Uh, you know, just pa- <laughs> pass it on over here. I like that company. Um, we are working for, Jason, I need you to beep out the name of the client I'm about to say, but I want to say it so Jake has, has knows. Mm, yeah. We're going to be working with. What? We just oh, started. We just started the sprint. That's cool. That's really cool. And may, and I know some of them listen to this podcast, but I didn't say your name, so I'm safe. Oh, Jason, please make sure you beep that name. <laughs> so I, I've i been wanting to work with this company. They've been on my dream client list for years. I'm always just blown away by how they managed to build this company into this massive global machine. It's just so interesting yeah. and so unique, and they basically have no competitors. But yeah, this is going to be really, really interesting. We just finished as well. What might be interesting to you, we just finished running our first ever strategy sprint as well. So an experiment that we've been building for about a year. What if it's nothing product related? What if it's more about the future strategy of this business or of this product team? How could you take the big principles that you can learn from running design sprints and apply them to pure strategy exercises Ah, and not product at all? And it, it had some of the most amazing feedback we've ever gotten from a client. So that's going to be something we're going to be... We, we And the crazy thing is, with... Please beep it out. And with the client we just worked with, they allowed us to film everything. Wow. Even... They're so allowing the us idea to film. is that, that you can use it later. At some point, they'll be okay with you not beeping it out. Yeah, yeah. Like, of course, we're allowed to... I mean, we can now talk about, for example, Twitter. You know, we're able to say that we, we've done some stuff for these guys. But yeah. it takes, as you know, it takes quite past. a long time to, yeah. to be able to talk yeah. about it. And a lot of emails back and forth begging, can we please can we please talk about the work we did? But the strategy sprint, I'm looking forward to like showing you yeah. the slides and, and like the slides are ready now. I can send them over pretty soon. But like the video from start to finish, how that worked, I think a lot of facilitators could definitely run that. And, and it's a good, it's also something, you know, in terms of even revenue for AJ and Smart, like strategy is also a nice direction to go in. So just from a cold business point of view, it's uh, yeah. it's also interesting. But I've been in the sprints myself for the first time in over a year and a half because some shit has calmed down at AJ and Smart now. We had a really turbulent six months on purpose, as in I caused it and, and triggered it <laughs> and, and wanted it to happen. But fucking hell, it was it was totally insane and horrible for me but uh now all of that painful uh transition has been paying off and now i have the opportunity actually to focus not on sales not on operations not on management but actually on making sure we're actually doing good work again which is fun it's good fun 
Well, uh, this whole Moni idea- Michael, no Moni uh, yeah. Michaels, no Moni Michaels. The, the whole point of the the strategy sprint. I mean, I think that the people have been asking me a lot for what do you do, kind of before the design sprint, and it's not what the design sprint is for, like defining the vision or the strategy. There's a little small piece called that we used to do at Google Ventures called an opportunity sprint that mm. I've been writing up with. John Zaratsky, and he's he's running a couple of them again. We'd only run like a handful at GV, but there's definitely like there are some other slots that are common things that come up that need to, they need recipes, man. They need recipes. So yeah, yeah that's, I think that's exciting. I can't wait to see the strategy sprint. Recipe. I'll send you the slides. Yeah. Tim is tidying them up right now, having received some of the client feedback. The sentence came back again. The sentence, this would have taken us six months if we were, or this is the most productive conversation I've ever been a part of in this company from like a really senior member of staff. And when we hear this, we're just like getting like goose pimples, you know, goosebumps, goose pimples, goose zits, (laughs) goose warts. We get goose warts when we hear it. Um, Jake, speaking of goose warts, what is your opinion on the new 16-inch MacBook Pro. Oh, the new 16-inch MacBook Pro. Oh. I got one. I have one. No! Yes. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. You went. You went for it. I may return it still. I don't know. I Talk I'm, to me. Talk to me about why and tell me about yeah. it and let's get juicy. Well, let's see. First of all, let's look up when, when did the MacBook Pro, when did the previous version of the MacBook Pro come out? So you didn't have the touch bar one? I did. I did. Oh, okay. I had the first touch bar one, but I'm just trying to remember, was it 2015? No, dude. The, you, no. the touch bar one was know, like dude. maximum two years ago. No. Stupid it, touch it bar. It must have been longer ago than that. No, 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 no. Two years ago. I bet uh, you. I bet you a million. Well, hats. let's- Million uh, hats. Mine's downstairs. I can't go get it right now to look because if I could just open it, I'd be able to- see you'd be able to see the date yeah i'm sure For, oh, shut up <laughs> the date was, just pop, uh, the date just pops up on screen every time but it does no if you if you open up about this mac if you open it up yeah then it, it tells you okay i'll just search for, for touch bar first touch bar macbook pro oh yeah it's a better search than because i'm on this crazy page on apple 2016 like, every 2016 okay so three yeah. years so it's three years old yeah. so i have one from then it's three years old. I got it with like the baseline storage. So it has like 256 mm. whatever gigs, which is like, I have to manage it a bit because I, because if so many like, I have giant slide decks. Oh, yeah. And they take up a lot of space and photos and stuff. So I was thinking like, ah, you know, one of these, it's going to be time to upgrade eventually. And so anyway, this thing came on and I was like, ah, oh, you know what? I'm going to do it. I use my Mac so much and I really want to make sure it's like, reliable and you know just at like max everything fast and everything so so i went for it and the totally specced out one or no i got there's like two baseline models and i got like the slightly faster baseline model but i didn't modify the specs which is why i have it already because yeah as you and i are talking it was just announced like three days ago or something so those were available to ship right away the ones that were cool stock so anyway i got or here in the u.s they were so i got i've got one of the stock ones and yeah, I would say the jury is still out on it a bit. It's interesting. It's heavier than the previous yeah. 15 inch that I, uh, yeah, I guess 15 inch. Like even the power brick is like a little bigger, not crazy, just like a little bigger, a little thicker, you know, screens bigger for sure. It is kind of disappointing that it does not look noticeably like new in, in any way. Yeah. Right. It's, it's the just same like, chassis. It's, it's the same design. It's the same chassis. Yeah. It's the same design. There's not even like a little, like often Apple does like a little thing so you can be like, oh yeah. Like a red dot so everyone knows that they are the poor one. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And all there is, it's like the, it's the key, the keyboard does look different. Yeah. How does it feel though? How does the keyboard feel? Okay. I sent you this interview with Phil Schiller talking about the Apple keyboard. And I don't know if you read any of that, but it's absurd. The marketing dance of trying to describe that this keyboard is like, like how their dance arounds basically <laughs> not saying that the nothing was wrong was like a piece everything was and fine like everything was fine but you know right and like but there were some people you know and the touch bar was you know that you know like kind of just dancing around problems with the touch bar yeah. problems with the butterfly keyboard and then also trying to make it sound as if this new keyboard is like like they really were just like innovating the heck out of it when like basically 
it's just buttons again. Like it's just like <laughs> we stopped screwing it up is basically the yeah, they went backwards, and, they went which backwards. is a good thing. Yeah. So it's like the keyboard. If you have like an iMac or something, it's like that keyboard, Yeah, which is nice. I mean, at first I got it. I opened it. I like use the keyboard. I was like, yeah, it's like the older style buttons are quiet. You know, I read that interview and I was like, oh God, what a load of BS. Anyway, dude, check this out. The keyboard is actually super nice on the new Mac. Yeah, is it? That might be the thing that I like cannot return the computer because it's so nice to type on. And I type a lot. How often do you use the MacBook Pro though to write on? Aren't you mostly using an iMac? Well, in practice, I end up doing a fair bit of stuff on the MacBook Hmm. because of travel or because of for one reason or another, not being able to be in the office here. If I, you know, even if I'm at home, sometimes I have to like watch the dog or something and I'm down yeah. downstairs. So that's a euphemism. But okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just watching the old dog. Watching the dog. <laughs> woof, woof. But you don't have a dog, John. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah. So it's pretty, it's really fast. You know, the computer before was like, it was super fast, but everything is just like that much faster. Mm. The screen is amazing. The definitely the quality of the screen is better than the, the previous one. A little bit. Ah, it's okay. all just noticeably? Like little te- yeah, noticeably, but tiny bits, like just tiny bit better color. It's true tone, which is like a little bit nicer. Mm. Might be a placebo effect, but it's affecting me. And then there is the sound. Actually, the sound quality is ridiculous. Re- just fantastic. Okay. Yeah. Watched a movie on it and it's really good. So the speakers are really good. And the mic is supposed to be really good, which I thought yeah. might be nice when I'm traveling and we're doing a podcast and I don't have exactly yeah. stuff. So yeah, I don't know, you know, but I will, my hunch is I'm probably going to keep it, but it was not amazing enough, even though my old laptop is three years old. What would you do if you gave it back? What would you get instead? I wouldn't get anything. I would just keep the one I have. Oh, but you kept the old one. I kept, I still have the old one. Like I haven't traded okay. it in yet Mm. so i that's the thing is like i was just i don't want to just buy it just to buy it and when i explain it to you i'm basically i bought it just to buy it right like there's not a (laughs) good normal there's not like a great reason it's the same reason i keep buying nice notebooks you want to have an enjoyable experience doing what you're doing 80 percent of your life which is working right and i think it's nice to have nice things it feels i also never get when people don't get this and don't have this feeling it's like you spend all of your days using something like this. And, yeah. and especially if you're a designer, it just it's a feeling. It's like, oh, I just want to have the nice thing, even if yeah. it's not. Like it's I, not have totally a, I have a 13 inch yeah. MacBook Pro from last year. Yeah. And I barely need, like, as you know, because all I really do at AJ and Smart is check emails and check Slack. I could do everything on an iPad if I needed to. But I saw the 16 inch. <laughs> <sighs> I can't tell if Skype froze or if you just did a really nice, creepy expression, but it was good. I did both. Yeah. Oh, 16. It's nice. It is nice. I don't know. Anyway, One so we get, that'll be a good update. Next episode, I'll know if I kept it or not. And I uh, love how Apple approaches things like this, though. Like Apple is one of these companies that we've been saying this since episode one. Apple does boring things, predictable things, things that are really not exciting and actually shockingly boring, but basically that's kind of what they do and people are always shocked it's like oh it's just basically one inch bigger with the older keyboard it's like yeah that's how apple works that's what that company does they're slow and steady wins the race they already built all the integrations they're moving so slowly that it's sometimes they like like they catch you unaware you know they catch other companies unaware i think the apple watch is a good example it's like everyone was mocking them about their failure to get into the smartwatch space for so long that they actually didn't realize that Apple won it and now there's no way to win it back and they own the entire smartwatch space. Same with the tablet space. I think that Apple does this so slowly, it just creeps up on you. And today, even though there was six, maybe to t- maybe eight years of crap laptops from Apple, now still you're going to see every designer with the 16-inch MacBook Pro. Yeah. You know what I mean? It is notably, the improvement is notably like less from previous you know, changes that when I've gotten, when I've gotten a laptop, like the fact that I've had one for three years and could get the new one and be like, ah, yeah, it's nice, but like not in love with it is noteworthy, I think. And it's just a factor of like laptops have already gotten like really, really good. So your laptop from three years ago, four years ago, like 
it's probably fine. Yeah. And that's a tricky thing in their business is just the things getting less exciting. It's less exciting now to get an iPhone, the new iPhone than, you know, we've, well, we've talked about this before. But Well, Jake, I'm so happy. Like, honestly, this is the first real episode of the podcast in about two years because I've got a real segue for you. Like, okay, do it. As in talking about the fact that Apple has a hard time making things exciting at the moment. Yeah. Oh, did something just leak from Apple uh, a few days ago? Yes, it did. All right. This is from the information, information.com. Apple is looking at the 2022 release for their AR headset and a 2023 release for their glasses. At an internal October meeting, Apple executives shares the company's product roadmap for two augmented reality devices. The stakes for the closely watched products are sky high as Apple hunts for the next big tech platform to follow phones. So it seems like they're really, really going for that, actually. It seems like they're going for this AR direction. And I know, I don't know if I've ever shown you an article I wrote quite a while ago called, it was like my predictions for the future of computing or something. But imagine this, Jake, imagine your laptop. Imagine the only thing you packed with you was... A keyboard, okay. Whichever keyboard you want. Let's say it's a little foldable keyboard and a trackpad, or maybe it's going to no be trackpad. a magic keyboard. Now that I've touched a magic keyboard, okay. okay. So it's going to be a magic keyboard. Okay, it's very thin, and that's all you put into your bag. Okay, okay. That's it, Jake. We're relaxing. It's just that in your bag. Calm down. Okay. Okay. You can slip that into your pocket if you need to. Okay. But also at the same time, I'm slipping it into my pocket. At the same time, it's 2023. You're wearing a pair of glasses that are nice. They're designed by Warby Parker. They look good. By the way, you didn't compliment my new glasses. Check it out. These are new oh, glasses, Jake. those are nice. Where you are they from? You didn't oh, oh the, John is zooming way in to the webcam. I just got a really close view of his glasses. They're from Warby Parker. They're, ah, okay. They make really okay. nice glasses. Okay, so you're wearing a pair of Warby Parker glasses. Okay. You're sitting on a plane and you're like, ah, time to work on my presentation yeah and all you gotta do you don't even need to do this but you've decided for extra comfort you're going to take out your keyboard you press a little button on your glasses a massive screen appears in front of you 27 inch and, and you're like oh that maybe that's a bit too big so you use your fingers to make it a little bit smaller and you start working on your presentation but no laptop everything's happening in the glasses that's the dream wow you would look like a dork. No, no, no. But the glasses yeah, are not dorky. That's right, obviously no, no. The I mean, future. just because you just because you'd just be staring, right? Like you just yeah. like no one would see yeah. what you were looking at. Yeah, but look at the AirPods. Everyone thought AirPods were dorky. Yeah. And now everyone so is an AirPod. So you're, <laughs> so you're just you're just looking. So how does it work? Is it it's the Google Glass kind of thing? It's project, you come it's like into a work projecting thing thing on your eye <laughs> you walk into the aj and smart okay, office it's okay, 2023 okay okay, okay 2023. all right it's 2023 okay, okay, okay. nothing's on most people's tables besides their like leftover food and whatever there's no screens anywhere screens are so big yeah there's no laptops all that's on everyone's desk because this is the workplace part of it yeah all that's on everyone's desk in 2022 are these slightly chunkier glasses and you put them on and you've got four screens in front of you everything you need all the real estate you need without having to come in and ask me to buy you another LG screen. <laughs> Ammer, Ammer, I'm talking to you, man. I want to joke it. I bought the uh, Microsoft, fuck, what's it called? The Microsoft AR headset. Do you know what that's called? Yeah. What's it called again? No. I can't remember. I don't know. Uh, no, I don't know. I don't know. There's the HTC Vive. That's the only thing that's in my head. You don't know the Microsoft AR headset? No. I bought I this. Know. Wait, it's called... The HoloLens. Okay. So I bought the HoloLens. Yeah. And basically, that's the concept. So you put this headset on. You can still see the real world, but you can put big screens and big objects in front of you and interact with them. Okay. People are thinking about like all of this AR stuff as like it's going to be all this cool entertainment stuff. Yeah. But I feel like in 10 years from now, that's not what I care about. I care about extra screens, extra information that I can deal with. And having like right now sitting here... It would be amazing if I had like four screens in front of me that I could deal with and move around, all that kind of futuristic bullshit. And uh, anyway, that's what Apple's working on. So there you go. Well, you know, Bye. that would be the product. The, the big mistake for Google with Google Glass was to assume that normal people were going to be interested in this thing. That's weird. Yeah. And stupid. this isn't like a big insight for me. Everybody knows this, but. If they had just focused on like some very specific 
work scenarios like hey yeah. you're a surgeon like here's an app for you and like a tool for you as a surgeon to help you have like more information or something or here oh hey you're like a firefighter or something like here's the thing here's the thing google glass and here's this tool for firefighters like they could have nailed like one little narrow thing and gotten good at it and the problem was they were like no this is a thing everybody's gonna want to wear these all the time like no they're not that's super weird especially yeah jumping from like the first step of the technology anyway it would be super smart for apple to you know, AR is obviously like sneaking into more and more things. I think the big AR use case that I see that affects me as like a boring person who doesn't like to try new stuff is if you're thinking about buying something and you can like see it on your table. Like that's pretty cool. Yeah. Right? Like, like yeah. Oh, okay, that's about how big it is. Yeah. That's kind of what it looks like. All right. You know, I've done that with shoes or like a little speaker or something. Yeah, I think the the scenario you described, definitely that's going to happen eventually. And yeah. obviously Apple makes things interesting when they when they do it, they because they're careful and because they're careful they, opinion, they do mainstream things. It will be very interesting to see what that looks like. If anyone can do a good job of creating a mainstream headset for the first time, it's going to be Apple. It's the, they they literally any other smartwatch on the planet when I see someone wearing one, I'm like that person is such a nerd that I am going to steal their lunch money. Like, I don't even want to do this, but I, I want to go up and tell someone how much a nerd they are when they're wearing a smartwatch that isn't an Apple watch. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Or even earbuds, like earbuds from other companies, you know, like the, the AirPods, but the other companies' AirPods. It's like, oh, I need to talk. We need to have a talk. Um, these are very nerdy. And I think Apple just does a great job with a mixture of product design and branding and making things kind of luxurious and that everyone wants them. They do a good job of making things desirable and mainstream and cool to wear. So if anyone can do it, I think Apple's going to be able to do it. I just have no idea. And, and of course, by the way, prediction right here. They're going to release it and everyone's going to be underwhelmed because Apple will do the most basic version of it first. And then everyone will be like, Apple can't innovate. And then four years later, only one pair of AR glasses <laughs> exists. It will be, it's too bad stuff's leaking so much from Apple because it used to be so fun when it was just like blind speculation, you know, and then yeah. they would come out with stuff. You'd be like, oh, what? Like, how do they do this? Yeah, the leaks are a bit. Like, I'm always curious about the leaks, but they are a bit, it's a bit like unwrapping your Christmas presents early. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's okay. That's interesting. That's interesting. Thanks. Okay, so do you think in the future, how far in the future do you think you have to go before you're not using a keyboard to type? We're imagining the screen changing a lot. But yeah. if the assistance, and I am not into Alexa, I'm not into this whole assistant thing i will like set a timer with siri me too that's I will it. do a reminder with siri like hey siri will you remind me such and such and like it does a good job of usually parsing the sentence or at least its interpretation of what i said is humorous enough and reminds me of what i meant to say but you know the whole th thing about assistance is if they worked really really well it would totally change your interaction with the computer conceivably if you could get past yeah. the idea that you're talking out loud to the computer so do you ever see a world where in the, on the plane, everybody is actually like, instead of like whatever you're doing, making a slide deck, they, you're actually doing that in a totally different way. Like you're talking to the computer. Well, there is a company in Berlin called Pitch. I was telling you about them yeah. recently and they want to kind of, you know, make it a bit more of an automated experience when, you know, like maybe I don't even know why, but I guess it's like using some sort of intelligent way of building something you would normally do manually. But I'm not sure. I just, I have no idea. I think like the thing is, it's always a lot more boring than you think. You know, if 10 years ago, if you were like, oh, what's the future going to look like? Oh, it's still using laptops and uh, they're much better, but we're still using yeah. laptops. Yeah. <laughs> it turns out that's a really durable design. Yeah, works well. Screen with keyboard attached. Yeah, that's actually pretty good. Yeah, pretty good deal. Done. Done. <laughs> yeah, because there are some limitations to if you're making something like... You don't want to totally turn it over to the computer because then it stops being interesting. I mean, then it gets into this whole like super intelligence thing. Yeah. But like, you know, there is an in-between now and when humans are made extinct by the computers where I think 
Do you ever wish on the laptop? Like I, I got the new laptop, you know, and I, I like to, I like to set it up fresh. I don't like to migrate from the old computer because as I was setting it up, my, my older son, Luke was there and he was like, isn't it great when you have a new computer, like the feeling of possibility when you see like a fresh computer, like all the projects <laughs> you could do all the time. I was like, yeah, totally. That's why I don't like to migrate. I never put my finger on it, but it's like, there's this fresh slate, you know, I could just do anything on this computer, but one of the things it does is it turns on Siri by default when you set up the Mac. And I don't want Siri on the Mac. I don't want the little like hologram logo on the touch bar. I don't want it because I don't want to talk to the computer. Like I have a keyboard right there. Like I can do all the things that I would do like faster with the keyboard. I think that's my impression. But what if you could type, would you ever type back and forth with an assistant? I could see that actually being pretty cool. Like you type. That's what message. I do today. Well, the, for the real person. Yeah, I use WhatsApp. So uh, typing is... Yeah. Or, or voice messages. And I guess that was the idea with the Facebook bots thing. It just didn't really work. Yeah. But like, can you imagine like you're just like typing or talking, whatever, and you're like, okay, hey, Siri, I need to make a new slide deck. And Siri's like, all right, what's what do you want the audience to feel like? Or what do you, or what do you, wanna, what do you want them to do at the end of the slide deck? And like, oh, yeah. Dead okay. inside. God, I want them to be dead inside. It's like, okay. Yeah, I want them to be dead inside. <laughs> okay, then uh, here's every conference presentation <laughs> I've ever seen ever. I've just made okay. you a greatest hits. Put your name on it. And yeah, it's, uh, every it's just like deck. whatever conference you've recently <laughs> been to, just take any slide deck done. <laughs> Here oh, you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah burn suck it i don't know man I, yeah fuck you conferences you know what though you know what i still um, hate conferences you still do i still feel like it's just a promotion fest for everybody who goes up on stage it's like how do i promote myself in the best way possible here and how do I make sure that I have a lots of good career opportunities outside my current company i am reading here a book. we go i am reading a book called First of all, I think what you just said is true, but there are exceptions. I've definitely Thanks. been to Goodbye, conferences everybody. where it is the job of the the host putting on the conference, and it is a lot of work to a like find speakers who you know who will have interesting things to say, and b like push them to say that thing. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the, the, I like there are a couple of conferences I'm doing next year that I've done before, and. They're already talking to me about like, well, what's the topic? And these are like, one is in May in Stockholm. It's called the Business to Buttons. And one's in, um, I think, in August in Oslo. It used to be WebDog and now they have a new name. Anyway, Webcast. they're like really good about like already they're like, what's the topic? Yeah. And I know that's, what, that's part of the reason why those conferences, it was fun to watch every talk because people were, they like push them. Oh, okay. They, they push the speakers. Anyway. What was I talking about before? Something. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, we, went all, we were talking about the future of something and then I was like conferences. Oh, I know. Yeah, I was, I'm reading a book called Million Dollar Speaking. Ah, okay. It goes along with Million Dollar Coaching. It's the same author. Ah, cool. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. That guy is good. He's at the same cover basically as Million Dollar Consulting, only it says speaking. With, with consulting crossed out, but it <laughs> yeah. says speaking. It's written with a Sharpie by hand every time. <laughs> it is the same book. Um, yeah. 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 It's pretty interesting. Like in his whole thing, okay, and this is like, <laughs> I don't know how many people in our audience are actually going to care about this, but who cares? This is, um, so he's talking about how if you're speaking, at a conference, most people who are speaking, God, I'm probably going to screw this up, but most people are either, they're either caring about like just themselves and like doing their thing and they're just thinking about themselves or they're thinking about the audience. Totally. Like, how do I like make this enjoyable for the audience? And he's like, both are wrong. You actually just need to, the, the only person who really matters to you is the buyer. Like who's paying you to speak? Okay. And what do, what will make the event great for them? And they might have a better idea of what they want the audience to feel or take away or like what the point is than the audience itself because you can his point and it's kind of interesting because i would have always thought try to please the audience or try to make it work for the audience and you do i mean that's sort of the point but for him it's like through the lens of the person paying you interesting because interesting. like you can please the audience without really like achieving anything right i guess is the point right like you, you know like it could be sort of entertaining or interesting but not actually meaningful and he's sort of talking about it through this kind of callous lens of yeah. how do you make the most money speaking? Like fair enough. You make the buyers like really stoked and then they like and then they'll have you book back. you again. Yeah. yeah. But I, I've been thinking about it through the lens of like the buyer is actually thinking about the whole event and what they want to achieve. And if they're good, you know, if they are good at what they do, then they'll have 
they'll actually have interesting insights. So the last talk I did, the last conference talk I did, which was in Barcelona, I asked the person putting it on. I was like, what makes this talk great for you? Like what, you know, and even though it was, you know, it's a stock talk I've given before, I tried to really modify it for what he said. And I felt like the talk was a lot better, actually. Like Mm. I sort of rewrote the ending and I changed the way I talked about parts of it. And it actually... I had gotten kind of overconfident in thinking I always know what's best for the audience. Yeah. And actually was really helpful to have, I had to like have a little humility and say like, you might know better than me about what the audience wants. Anyway, it was interesting. So little tidbit there, Million Dollar Speaking by Alan Weiss. Good book. If you're in the speaking biz, he's very upfront about money how to how to make money work Mm. for everything he does anyway whatever do you i mean maybe you're not willing to say this on the podcast but like you know when you're like at speakers dinners and stuff like that do you ever get like this kind of feeling like this is all really fake yeah yeah i rarely go to the speakers dinners partly just because of the way my travel works yeah i'm not often able to be there yeah you know because sometimes the speakers dinners are like they're at the beginning of like a conference that's multi-days and yeah but i've definitely been to quite a few speakers dinners and i know what you're talking about there are speakers dinners or there are interactions at speakers dinners that really suck where you just like i just want everybody to feel okay and not feel yeah. like they have to impress each other and exactly because it's very yeah. like insecure it's like a very exactly and i just want to get drunk and make jokes that manifests yeah that manifests as like bluster and it's just yeah. it's kind of like heart-wrenching actually you're like man <laughs> you all should feel stoked like you're all yeah. speaking at the conference people are going to want to see you talk and like you're worried about how everybody else in this room if they're going to like think that you're a big deal or not mm. it's super sad and that symptom like being like what everybody should from the outside say oh that person's doing all right and those people being like so desperate to impress hey that man that goes all the way up yeah totally it's like i need to name drop at least 10 more times (laughs) yeah right yeah i've encountered people at all like ridiculous levels of success yeah who still do that that doesn't stop and you can see that in you can see that in the decisions that public figures make all the time, right? But like, yeah. I've also had really good interactions at speakers dinners. I, I think it's oh, also yeah, important same to here. say I've met some really cool folks and yeah. gotten a chance to hang out. And and a lot of times, I don't know, you know, it also maybe correlates a bit with. I think the conference organizers can do some things to make that better. And I think part of it is in mm. maybe it's in setting people up to succeed with their talks. Again, it's stuff that's like a lot of work. But yeah, I'm actually like, one of my favorite things about the speakers dinners is meeting the people who put on the conference. They're also really cool. They're often quite fun. Yeah. yeah. And like, yeah, they just have like a whole different expertise. And a lot of times they're used to meeting like, they're usually no sense of like, oh, I'm going to try to be a big deal. Yeah. And and they're not, they're not really so impressed by everybody. I think often like, it's just like, yeah, whatever. Like we're sick of this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're sick of you people. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. The speaker standards can be, there's definitely a certain kind of speaker dinner hell, but yeah, I don't think it's all the time. No, no, no. I mean, I met, um, I was telling you last time I met Dan Olson at a conference, at two conferences now. And this guy's great. He's just like, He's up for a drink. He's up for a laugh. He's just like, doesn't give a shit. Like, he, I think he's just quite confident that he's doing a good job. So he's not trying to impress anyone or name drop or anything. Yeah. Just kind and generous and offering to, you know, just a really nice guy. But I definitely, um, I'm not the right person for the speaker circuit right now. I'm too cynical about it. And I, I don't, I can't be there at the conference I'm speaking at and watch other people get up on stage and just talk bullshit you know what i mean (laughs) i'm just like no that's all wrong oh my god this is all wrong but somehow somebody left them go up on stage because they have like a lot of twitter followers or something and i'm like oh jesus like and and then i think back to my uh time um trying to learn ux design and going to all these ux conferences and just feeling like wow i just don't feel like i'm learning anything here and now i know now i know it's often not about learning and i went to a please I'm not going to even say the name of it. I went to a conference this year and and it's supposed to be like the best, basically. And I sat through a lot of it because it's supposed to be the best one. And I I actually felt like there was almost no content in there at all. Oh, wow. It was just self-promotion. It was just all self-promotion. You're going to have to tell me after the podcast which yeah, one it well, was. Yeah, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of conferences. Because they but definitely this was just vary like, wildly, but... Yeah. It's like the person who was speaking last was a really, you know, from a big name company and a really high ranking person in that company. 
and I was excited. I was very excited. I was like, oh, cool. That's going to be cool to see inside that company. And then it was literally like, it was almost like this person wanted to show, oh, here's how we work. And then I think the conference organizer was like, yeah, but it has to have like a deep, meaningful ending that represents inclusivity and blah, 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 blah. And then this person was trying to figure out, oh, shit, uh, okay, I'll just like add some random slides at the end that include that. And it just felt totally wrong and totally didn't make any sense. The tone was all over the place. And I was like, what the fuck is this that I'm watching right now as the main keynote talk? And there was literally nothing you can get from it. Literally nothing. Nothing at all. It was just noise for 30 minutes. And then everyone taking pictures of themselves being at the conference so that they can show they went to the conference. I'm still so cynical about all of this. Giving talks I, 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 is so yeah. important. It's so powerful in you know in a career. What book or resource would you recommend to somebody on how to give good talks? Made to stick. Yeah, may, I would too. But it's not actually... I think that there's a opportunity for an amazing book here. True. And I know there's a book. I should probably look at the book. There's like a the TED, TED one, isn't there? Yeah, I should probably look at that yeah. and see what that's TED like. Noise. TED Noise. TED Noise, I think it's called. Ted noise. Ted noise. Uh, but because this is like such a big deal in people's careers and like how do you make the slides so they're not annoying and how do you you know like all this stuff and i don't know of a go-to book that's like that's true this is the guide for making good slide decks and you should do it talk. i know maybe i should you do it maybe i should Jake's, um book i don't have the gravitas though because i have not done a ted talk so once I do, yeah, but once you know, they invite me to do a TED talk, then it's all yeah, fucking TED. Listen, listen up. up, but you know how many people on this planet are getting paid the speakers' fees? You're getting paid like zero point zero point zero point zero point point. Why is there so many points? Anyway, I don't know. It's a weird number system. So <laughs> you have you have plenty of you could easily write a book on that, and and it's still you have the gravitas. I think gravit gravitas gravit gravit yeah. gravit by the gravs. Yeah. By the way, we've got a new URL for Workshop or Wednesday. It is ajsmart.com forward slash www. Oh, www. How good. All right. Woo. Yeah. It's forward wow. slash www. I feel so good. I feel like I made a difference today. You should make sure both of those work. Just yeah. In case. So wait, actually, Jason, would you mind doing me a favor? Can you put this next bit back after the conversation myself and Jake had in the ad, just at the end of the ad? Can you put this in? Hey, everybody, I'm recording this at the end of the podcast. Actually, we have an easier URL. It's ajsmart.com forward slash WW. That's it. Okay, back to the podcast. And, and Jason, also, <laughs> leave this in here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Obviously. Uh, Jake, I just Obviously. want to finish up by saying, I know we're getting towards the end of the episode. Yeah. I want to finish off on a few things. I've been playing Death Stranding. I've been really loving it, but it's I getting... I forgot to watch the thing. Oh. It's oh man, you have to watch Death Stranding trailer three. It's really great. We'll do that live in the next episode. I'll watch it and react. Next live. episode, yeah. Next so episode. I want to talk about Death Stranding next time. And I've also little. It's getting uh, what though? You teaser. said it's getting, and there was an emotion you were going to say. It's getting uh, slated on the internet. It, like either people are giving it like the worst score any magazine can ever give it, or they're giving up and saying I don't want to play this, or they're giving it like a perfect score. So it's wow. really divisive, which wow. is kind of cool. And finally, I've been using a mood tracking app oh. called Mood Path, which is actually, it was on my phone because we were using it as a lightning demo for another client. And I've been tracking my mood for the last two weeks during the day, kind of the ups and downs and stuff, because I'm curious yeah. really how all over the place my mood has been this year. I really want to actually track it a little bit. Unfortunately, I started using, I mean, fortunately, I started using the app just when things started looking up and <laughs> and actually everything's getting a bit more positive now so every day is actually positive but yeah i want to talk about that next week as well like uh, that will be like three or four weeks into mood tracking mood um, path mood path mood path i see it. it's one word mood path mood path. yeah and also coming up in the next few episodes we're going to be looking at our best books of the year we're going to be looking at our the jake and jonathan product awards so if you've got some ideas for what are your what were your favorite products of the year? They don't even have to have come out in 2019, but what were oh, the products yeah. that really delighted you this year? Email pbc at ajsmart.com. What were the products that really excited you this year? And I've got a couple of emails as well from listeners, which I want to read out. So we've got a lot of stuff coming up in the next few episodes. I'm looking forward to it. And I've got some, I've got some good ones. Uh, yeah, I've you got some good ones too. Yeah, I think so. Jake, how many sticks are we giving the the MacBook Pro 16 inch? <sighs> got to factor in a lot of things. The bigger screen, but it doesn't have a great webcam. It's still 720. 
You got to factor in that magic keyboard. You got to factor in the escape key, the physical escape key. Oh, I love that. physical touch ID. And those are both really nice. Yeah. So... 10 sticks. 10 sticks, yeah. Okay, I had a feeling you'd say 10 sticks. Yeah. Also, speaking of 10 sticks, the um, (laughs) product, the Gandalf t-shirt. Oh, yeah. Still available? Still available, but I would recommend checking the dates that your delivery will happen. So it's getting closer to the point now where, you know, it will be after Christmas and we're going to stop the sales then. So we've sold... And because that's the number one wish list item for children in the United States. Yeah. It's actually surpassed every other... (laughs) Tickle Me Elmo. Fuck it. Dead. Tickle Me Elmo is dead. Yeah. Beanie Babies, way blown past. Yeah. The Nintendo Switch... Death Stranding. A lot of the kids were interested in that. Now they're Luke Gandalf Stranding. All they want yeah. is a Gandalf, Gandalf t-shirt. So yeah, the, the t-shirt <laughs> has sold a magnitude more than last year, but also last year was a much smaller podcast. And Jake, we've made $530 profit. What? Yeah. Hey. So we can oh, think about what we want to do with that because I don't yeah. want to get taxed on it. I don't want... If anyone listening... Obviously, we'll probably either we'll use it to create a new T-shirt or donate it to some charity or something like that. But we're not going to take that out of Teespring and then I have to do all the accounting on it. (laughs) But that was actually better. That was a lot better than expected. I thought we would make nothing. That's a shocker, especially because it was what, like one dollar a shirt or something. So that's so we sold it. So that's all the couple of people walking around with Gandalf T-shirts now. Please take a picture of yourself with your Gandalf T-shirt and tag at AJ Smart Design on Instagram. Make sure you tag Jake on Twitter and myself on Twitter. Show us the love. Spread the love, I saw a photo. There's a photo on Twitter, somebody with the shirt in Las Vegas. Did you retweet? So I should have. Jake, you have to retweet. I'm not very good at Twitter. I know, me neither. kind of, yeah. I should. I know. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. Jake, where can people, what should people do for you? Five stars for this show. Yes. And uh, yeah, have a a great day. Sign up for my newsletter if you want, jakenapp.com. But mostly I want you to have a very special, special lunch today. A special lunch. Treat yourself. Get that lunch you've had your eye on and eat it. (laughs) So weird. That lunch you've had your eye on. (laughs) Somehow it sounds creepy. So I would just say to everyone, if you've had a tough year, just know that the year is about to end. And even though people are like, oh, it doesn't matter. You know, it's just a different number. It's 2020. You know what? You can actually always use that as a time to just think about how you want to do things differently. So start thinking now, what didn't work so well for you in 2019? What do you want to do in 2020? And we're going to have an episode about that. We're going to bitch about it so much. Yeah. Hey, listen, everybody. If you think you had a tough 2019, listen to this. Wait till you hear ours. Me and John, we had it harder. So you didn't even do a good job of having the worst 2019. Ours was worse. Everything. No, just kidding. was probably pretty bad too. I pretty much had everything this year in terms of all the things that happen in life that can make your year shit. But I think, (laughs) you know what? Time moves on. Podcast. 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 The word podcast. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> all right everybody thanks so much for listening will you sing it out jake let's sing it out oh i've got my eye on that lunch Eat that lunch. Give me that lunch. Eat that lunch. Finish every last crumb. 16 inches of lunch. Clean that plate. plate. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Bye, everybody. Thanks.